What's going on, y'all? The EBN Best Sports Podcast, the Boot Elevated Services and Tables Podcast, is coming at you live from the Tulane Business School. Uh, after a little bit of a hiatus due to you know some midterms and some Mardi Gras celebrations, we're back on our schedule of uploading. And uh, I'm here with uh, Abe Seldowitz and Jared Ryback. Say hi. What up, guys? How you guys doing? What's up? And uh, today we got three good topics for you. Uh, we're talking about Tom Brady and his free agency destination. Where will he end up? Where will he end up? How did his conversations go? You know, rumor has it he talked to Bill. It didn't go well. We'll get to that. We got the NBA MVP race. So we got Giannis or LeBron. That's what a lot of people are talking about. You know, Harden said some things also in there about Giannis. There's some maybe some beef going on. Um, what should the NBA MVP be defined as? And also we have the new NFL collective bargaining agreement proposal between you know the players in the league. Uh, they're trying to add a 17th game, but they're also trying to raise the minimum salary. There's some implications with that and like the amount of money people can earn for the 17th game. So uh, we're going to start off with the MVP uh, for the NBA and then get back to the NFL later. So let's start. Uh, if anyone has just the overall what's going on, Giannis and LeBron, who do you think should take it? Why? Well, I would say, so I would say I personally think it should go to Giannis. I think he deserves it more. I think you look at his team, he has, he doesn't have the second, the player, the complimentary player that LeBron has in Anthony Davis. Uh, Chris Middleton, you know, he's, a, he's obviously a great player in this league, somewhere in the 20s, if you had to rank them somewhere uh, in, the, in that 20s range. But, I mean, you look at LeBron, he's got AD, what he's doing, but then you got Giannis, who's got less help, and his team is has the best record. I mean, it, uh, to me, it's got to be Giannis. Uh, I don't. It, I mean, again, every year we talk about what is the NBA MVP like. What is what is it defined as? Like, what what will qualify someone? In my opinion, this year it's got to be Giannis. His team is just is just far outright one of the best team in the league, in my opinion, um, and and he's deserving. Um, I disagree. I think LeBron's MVP. Um, what he's been doing, he's been carrying the Lakers. The Lakers are first in the West, which is a much harder conference in the East. LeBron's playing teams uh, LeBron's playing like the Rockets and the Clippers and Giannis gets to play the Knicks multiple times oh, but you can't Cavs just say the Knicks and the Cavs and then the Rockets and the Clippers the, the, Bucks, all, the, the Bucks have like, to play the 76ers the 76ers aren't that good okay, this they're not year. that good but they still have to play the Raptors the Celtics that's two two teams the Raptors I, I mean, mean they still don't have they don't have Kawhi this year but they're still a solid team yeah they're still yeah. They're a very good team but I, Giannis, the Bucks without Giannis are also a better team than the Lakers without LeBron. I don't agree with 100%. that statement. I do not agree with that statement. The, the Lakers just got Dion. You know, he's dangerous. Dangerous Dion. That's dangerous Dion. Dangerous Dion Waiters. The, the Lakers, you see, all right, they have Andy Davis, obviously, but then the Bucks have a second all-star in Middleton. And then the Bucks next four guys. But there's like Anthony guys. Davis all-star level, and then there's like a Chris Middleton Yeah, Anthony level. Davis. Right, but then you <laughs> also have, the Bucks have Brooke Lopez, Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews, DiVincenzo, they're all better than the Lakers' third guy. Who's the Lakers' third guy? Here's here's what I think. Who's the Lakers' third guy? Here's what I think. No, here's no, answer the question. <laughs> I'm not off the top of my head. I can't give you. I it's Danny answer. Green. It's Danny, Danny Green. Green. Okay. Danny Green is a I don't know, sub Danny Green for role player. Danny Green on every team he plays. He's a sub par role player. He's, he's not. He, didn't he win the championship? Yeah, with the he, Raptors. Yeah, so he's not. He's a yeah, a ring. That's experience. So? That's more experience than the Bucks have. Experience matters in the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. Anyways, no, going back. MVP of the regular season. Gotcha, gotcha. But what I think, personally, I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm biased, but Giannis should be the NBA MVP. 
And I'm saying this for one main reason, or a, cu- a couple reasons. One, he's just better. Two, this season, I think he's playing better. I think he's more dominant. Shaq called him the most dominant player in the league, you know, just being able to be a force. And, you know, I don't know that saying much. Shaq says everyone is dominant. Shaq said if... If you asked Shaq, he'd say LeBron James is dominant too. No, but he said he was the most... Obviously, LeBron is dominant. That's not what I'm trying to say. But Giannis, his ability to obviously like draw the double, go to the paint, cause people to crowd the paint, and then pass it out to his role players. That's what LeBron does. Awesome. They, they both do it. it LeBron makes, makes leads the team... Let me finish. Le- Le- LeBron leads the league in assists. At 35 years old, he plays finish. small forward. Let me finish. Let me finish. My main... He plays point guard, first of all, this season. He plays some combination. All right, he plays point forward. Point Either forward. way, point he forward. averages he's almost 13 a assists a game. He's the best point guard in the league. Anyways, what I'm saying is the main argument for LeBron every year is that he carries his team, he leads his team in all statistics across the board, whatever. This year, LeBron is behind Anthony Davis in four out of the five main stat categories for his team. I think the only one LeBron has over him is assists. AD has more points per game, has more rebounds per game, has more blocks per game, has more steals per game, and then LeBron has more assists per game. How can you be the most value player to the league yeah, if, you're not even the most, if you're not even the best player on your team? Listen, but by how much? It doesn't even matter. If, it's, if, if there's LeBron, a competition. I mean, if LeBron's giving out 13 assists a game, who's he giving it to? He's giving it to Anthony Davis. So how many points is LeBron accountable for? Probably kind of for the majority of the team's points. Listen, you go, any you MVP go. I bet you any, I bet any MVP will be accountable for the majority of their points. I bet you points. LeBron's probably only averaging, what, two points less than Anthony Davis anyway? Let's compare the listen, stats. Listen, if you go, if you go to the definition, if you go to the definition, if you go to the definition of the of the award, most valuable player, who holds the most value for their team, to me it's got to be Giannis, just because you take away, you take away LeBron. You still have you still have Anthony Davis. If you take LeBron leading scorer, off the right? team, the Lakers do not make the playoffs. They're That's a false statement. No, like it's true. I no way. They're like I a five No team. way. What seeds were the Pelicans when they had Andy Davis and Drew Holiday was the second best player? Yeah, but no, but that's so different. now you have Andy Pelicans Davis and Pelicans. Up. Why? Why is that different? Because that's Pelicans, not the Lakers. But when Andy Davis <laughs> was on the Pelicans, Drew Holiday was the second best player, and he had other guys. Now, if you take Andy Davis on the Lakers and Danny Green's second best player in the West, still, yeah, how's that team making I, the playoffs? Yeah, but I don't. You, I don't think you can equate the Pelicans and the Lakers just because they might yeah, have the some roster similarities. Yeah, the Pelicans team was better. That's we don't know. Uh, the the short answer is. We don't know. Also, Anthony Davis has matured as a player since the Belicans. It's spent more time in the league. It's been one has, year. Has more experience. So what, is, <laughs> what are the stats? What are the stats? Um, let's, let's Anthony it. Davis let's averages right 26.6 points. I, I LeBron averages 25.4. He averages one point more than LeBron James. That's basically, they're, they're basically the same. Okay, so let's, I'm getting up all the stats right now. Points Anthony Davis averages one and a half more rebounds. Oh, what is that noise? Ooh, sorry. LeBron um, leads the league in assists. Yeah, I would say I would say the rebounding stats kind of is pretty impressive because Anthony Davis is a much bigger guy. Yeah, I mean LeBron's two rebounds shy of averaging a triple double on the Lakers, which are the best team in the West. When um, my memory is, is blanking right now because I don't remember that many basketball seasons into the past, but when Russell Westbrook was averaging the triple double, did he, he won? He won MVP. And yes, he the, did. Who was the race between that year? Harden. Him and Harden. Him and Harden. There's no one really else in there. Uh, Not really. No. So. It's him and Harden. It's an interesting point. No, I'm, I'm trying Westbrook to get the stats up right now. Westbrook twice, I think, right? Hmm? Did Westbrook win the MVP twice? Okay. Per game. I know he won it that year. Giannis is averaging 29.6 so. points. Yeah, so about four more than LeBron. Three and a half. That's a, that's a lot of points. Four is a lot of points. 
What if you look okay, up the advanced okay. stats? How many points is LeBron accountable for compared to I'm not an advanced person. Let's just go to the points per game quickly <laughs> before we get into the advanced stuff. Does TRB total rebound? I'm going to assume yeah. it is. Yes. Okay, LeBron has five less, exactly five, no, six less total rebounds per game than Giannis. LeBron no, is averaging 13.8. Yeah, 13. LeBron is averaging 7.8. Right. Assist. LeBron has 10.7 per game. Giannis is 5.8. But also, different styles of play there. You can't compare someone who's Listen. a natural power forward slash power forward slash small forward to someone who's Wait, he, a point, playing point guard for the majority of the season. Right, but, but you compare their rebounds, so why can't you they're both they're, they're between 6 foot 11 and 6 foot 8. All right, but why can't you compare their assists? Okay, you, you compare can their rebounds. Can compare one's their a natural power forward and the other one's because a Because I'm saying, I'm saying it's, you can get a rebound at any position, hence Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double and getting over 10 rebounds a game. You can get an assist at any position, too. Jokic averages it's like It's much nine. easier. It's much easier for someone if, who, if, who brings the ball up to get the assist. Here's the thing. I think we're completely missing... One thing, what we we have to figure out what is what is this award the most valuable player? It's not about a stat. It's not like who it, to me. It's not like comparing stats. It's not comparing numbers. It's who has the most value to their team. If you take them out of their team, which team is worse off? That's, I think the Lakers that's are the worse question. Off. That's the question. It's not about stats. Let me see if I can. Find stats them. are important, but it's not like we're not doing a numbers thing because anyone can look at numbers. What Bucks record without Giannis twenty twenty? I believe I don't know if Giannis has had a game this year. To be honest. Lakers record without LeBron, 2020. But the Bucks in the East without Giannis make the playoffs. If you look at the teams that are in, Brooklyn is atrocious. They're in the playoffs. Orlando is garbage, and they're in the playoffs. There's just not good teams in the playoffs. Like those teams are significantly under 500. Like the Bucks with just Bledsoe, Middleton, Wesley Matthews, Brook Lopez. They would make the playoffs in the East, but the Lakers with Andy Davis, Danny Green, and Caldwell Pope don't make the playoffs in the West. Because you still have teams like the Pelicans, Portland, they're not in the playoffs right now. And those teams are significantly better than the Lakers without LeBron James. But are you purely going on who they're playing? Like, how big is the difference between conference and which teams you play? How many games do you play against teams in your conference Uh, per season? Probably about three quarters. Well, you play your around division. Around like two thirds. I think you play your games. division the most. I think you play your division four times. I think you play conference. Maybe it's three times. And, I don't know exactly. And you how could, many times and you play other teams, other teams outside teams of your twice, conference? Twice, once at home, once away. So that's a negligible difference. I mean, not really, because if you're playing a team, if the East has significantly more worse teams. You're probably playing an average about eight. 10 more but games. But every, everybody plays teams. each other in the NBA. It's not like the NFL where there's 32 teams in 16 games where, you know, you only play the The Bucks you, you also get, to, the they get to play Cleveland three times, bring Cleveland back up. They get to play them four times, actually, the most. They get to play Detroit four times. They stink. So they're in a bed. They're playing a good amount of awful oh, And teams. I bet you that if you take those eight wins that the Bucks are probably going to get versus, versus those teams at the end of the year, they're still going to have a better record than the Lakers. There's I'm only one, there's take, only if one way to settle this. Eight wins away and move them to the loss column. They would still have a better record than the better record at the Lakers. Also, now it's just the whichever year. team has a better record. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that you say you say, oh, they're gonna play the easy teams, but even with playing the easy teams, they're still beating the the good teams. Well, you're comparing on the teams they're playing or the stats because obviously playing worse teams and it's the a whole it's a it's a common it's a culmination of everything. You can't just judge. Listen, listen I think we can all agree that this award is not easy to settle. It's not a stats thing. It's not a team record thing. It's just it's just it's it's part of it is the eyeball test. Which team when when their guy gets off the court, which team is worse off? Which team is clearly more affected? 
However, anyways, we have to move on. We've got to talk about Tom Brady. One more point. I also think the player, the players say is also important. If the players say one player is harder to play against than another, they probably know what's going on more than we do just yeah. watching from our TV. As you were saying. So now let's move on to Tom Brady and his free agent destination. So Tom Brady is forty-two years old. He's gonna be forty-three on August third, and he'll Boomer. be starting this. He's he was starting this offseason with, without a contract. Uh, he's been in, uh, with the Patriots for twenty years, but now he's got to find a home. So uh, recently, the, his uh, Tom Brady's call with Bill Belichick reportedly did not go well. Uh, the two were not able to come to a conclusion as to um, a, any kind of footing on, on a contract or anything like that. So, me personally, here's what I think. I think that Bill Belichick is a, a, the type of coach and general manager that is always going to stick to his guns and is always going to do what's best for the team. He's not into nostalgia. He's not into emotion. He's going to do what he thinks is best for the New England Patriots. Because he's got, he's still got years left in this coaching thing. Brady's got probably two years left playing, let's say, but he's got, he's got some time in, the, in, in coaching, so he's still, he's still interested in having a good team. He's, he's not going to throw thirty million dollars Brady's way if that's what he demands, just because you know he's been, they've been together, for, been together for twenty years. I think in the end they will reach a, an agreement. To me, I just, if you're Tom Brady, I just can't see him going to another team. He's built a, such a strong leg, legacy, the, the strongest legacy of any NFL player I've ever uh, with the Patriots. Six rings, three MVPs, four Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, to me, it just, he can't, I don't see him playing anywhere else. Like that, he's not gonna find a better defense anywhere else, and he's not gonna find a better system uh, anywhere else. Obviously, yeah. But you have to look at other players, maybe not in the NFL as much, but in other leagues. We have, for example, LeBron. He played for Cleveland, then he went to Miami, then he went back to Cleveland. Now he's like, oh, I'm like an old man. I want to retire. I'm going out to California. A lot of players will, you know, play a lot of their lives for one team or a lot of the majority, and then at the end of their or when they when their contract is up, when they're past their prime, they're gonna say, oh, like I want to go back home. I want to be near my family. Whatever. Brady's from California. He's from California. He's from California. He has he has connections to the area. Obviously, he where you grew up, you definitely have a soft spot for. Like I'm from New York, Long Island. I have a soft spot for Long Island. I'd rather play for a team over there than play somewhere else. Probably at the end of my career, you know, be closer to my parents. Whatever. Right. Tom Brady has a family, um, and what I think is inter- interesting. Brady's though, family lives in Boston. I'm pretty sure though, but okay. His parents. I don't know where his parents live, but I know he's got that massive mansion in Boston. So. Well, you, well, yeah. He, what do you mean? Well, yeah, I you would move my parents out to wherever I, I was too, but doesn't yeah, mean but, I, I mean, want to go back. To I just thought like, what you meant by by family. I mean, like obviously his kids and his wife. They live. They Look, go to school. Think of Tom in Brady. Think of Tom. Well, yeah, because, I, no, I mean like yeah, his family. Then they'd separate the family. His family, like his his parents and his, and his siblings. They okay. Probably, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. I'm not talking about immediate no. nuclear family. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Definitely not. Um, but. Basically, Tom Brady is like a 74-year-old Jewish grandparent who, you know, they spent their lives on Long Island, New York City, and now they want to go to Miami and spend their nice retirement in Boca Raton. So that's, that's what I think Brady wants to do with the whole California thing. Um, one thing that would be interesting is there was like a 49er swap. You know, Jimmy G was a Patriot, and he was in Belichick's system, and we saw he played well during the four-game Brady suspension. And all Patriots quarterbacks have played well under other systems. We saw Jimmy G playing well with the 49ers, obviously, and Jacoby Brissett, I think, played well with the Colts. With the Colts. Yeah. I think at one point their combined record during the season was like 12-1 and or like 11-1 and or something mm-hmm. during like the first four weeks. It's like an interesting stat. Well, I think I think the 49ers swap is interesting, but I think if you're the 49ers, I mean, I just There's have no, no idea. I have no idea how you do this. I mean, you were just in the Super Bowl. 
frankly, they were probably the better team in that Super Bowl. They they looked like to be the better team in Kansas City. If I'm the 49ers, City, even though they I don't swap. Even I, the Chiefs no, beat them. I could see, if you're talking about California, the Chargers are definitely in a market for a quarterback. Rivers yeah, never Rivers got done. done. And if you put Brady on the Chargers, with the Chargers have a solid defense, and then he'd have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry as his weapons. Melvin Gordon. Which is, and Melvin Gordon in the back. And Austin Eckler. much Sleeper destination. Offense. Tennessee Titans. We saw, did you guys see how him and Julian Edelman were on FaceTime with Mike Vrabel? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's tampering. I think he has to get... Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is terrible. You can't. I can't call my friend if he's like a coach. No, it's not. No, but it's not about being a friend. It's it's like if he's if he's part of another team, if he works for another team, I don't think you can be in like I don't know. That's whack. But Um, I mean, no, but he's a free agent. He's allowed to talk to whoever he wants. Well, no, it's not the free agent period. Yeah, technically, he's still under contract because the new league year hasn't started. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. I just thought it was interesting how him and Edelman were on the call with Mike Vrabel and you know, Vrabel being the Titans, and right. I think they go. I don't know how they're connected. I forgot exactly. Mike Vrabel played on the early, those early two thousand Patriots teams gotcha. on the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, so Vrabel and Tom Brady were teammates at one point, and now Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Titans, is trying to recruit Brady to the Titans. And also, we we were saying we were talking a bit about the Colts. He has connections to the Colts. Someone wants to. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you look at. You know, you look at what they did with Peyton Manning. He had a he had a, a really long lasting legacy, a really successful legacy. Uh, they have an excellent offensive line uh, led by Quinn Nelson from Notre Dame, so they'd be able to protect Brady. That's one thing you can't have. Wherever he goes, he's gonna have to get protected because he's not mobile. He can't get beat up when he's forty two years old. They're gonna have to have a good offensive line. Where I'd question the Colts is the the receivers. They don't they don't have much many receivers after T Y Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's a great number one option, but after that, there's really not much. So, and the defense is is, is nothing. Nothing. T.Y. Hilton, I think Brady. T.Y. Hilton, yeah, he was great, and I think I had him in fantasy a couple years back. They played well for me, a solid teens point getter. But um, he's old, like yeah. he's not. He, his, I mean, he's past his prime. Right. You know, Brady, the last, Brady had to also Demarius Thomas, and like he who's past. They his only prime. have really one. Yeah, and like also the whole Josh Gordon situation. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. Brady's main targets have been small, fast white guys. The majority of his career, we have Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman. He had Randy Moss, a bunch of guys. Um, which you know that was the not small, or not white, not the small <laughs> or white, fast but not small or white. Um, so it'd be interesting. I, you know, as a Steelers fan, I don't like Brady. I especially don't like him on the Patriots because he stopped our road to the Super Bowl plethora of times. Many times. Many times. Many times. And anyone in the AFC can speak for me, especially like the Jets and the other, <laughs> the other people. His, yeah. Um, so I'd love to see Brady go to the NFC. Um, I would. I would too. I'd be. Shocked I actually. I actually. I wouldn't because I'm a Packers fan. So I I'd be shocked him. to see if he went to the NFC. The only other team we haven't mentioned is he's been kind of linked to the new Vegas Raiders. There's yep. just no way he goes there. I mean, they could throw however I mean, much I money could, they wanted him, but at this point in his career, he's got to at least have a chance of winning, and they're awful. Yeah, yeah they're terrible. so bad. They're so bad. They are. They are a bad team. However, I think you know they've they they could have resources. I mean, they could trade Derek Carr easily. You think about the Patriots. They'd I mean, rather. They'd probably rather have a Derek Carr who has MVP potential. I mean, he, one year he was in the MVP race. One year, I know. I know it's a bit of a stretch. I know. I know it's a bit of a stretch. But you get a, get him in the right system. You get him in the Patriots, where everyone's um, all in on winning. Oh, if Derek one are, year, if one on year he got MVP team. votes. Yeah. he got MVP yeah, votes. I think Terrain also got votes to be in the top Who? 25 for the college football. Doesn't mean we deserve to be there. Yeah, <laughs> at one point, we, got, were, at one point we were 26. You know, I'd say we, overall, then we lost five games. I'd so. say overall, I'd be shocked if Brady went anywhere besides the Patriots. I think they'll figure it out. They'll bring yeah. in some sort of weapons for him. 
but the only other spot I could really see him going to is the Chargers just because of the weapons. If yeah. At this point in his career, I think his best chance of winning out of all those teams is Patriots and Chargers. Absolutely. I don't see the Titans thing happening, even though, like, they were teammates. I, I, I but I just don't see him going to Tennessee. I know. I think the Titans like Tannehill. Tannehill's young. I think they'll stick out, stick it out with Tannehill. But he is a free agent, though, so they have I know. to be I silent. think they're just going to extend Tannehill. He played great for them last year. Plus, yeah. they'll get more years out of him, and they probably still have to pay him less money than Tom Brady would. So. Yeah. Speaking of paying players money... There's been a whole situation going on with the new collective bargaining agreement proposal. The NFL wants the 17th game. The players obviously don't without proper um, payment. Yeah, payment. Sort of payment options. Payment options. Uh, basically, you know, NFL is like, let's make more money. Let's sell more tickets. with the 17th game. Players are like, let's protect the players. Let's, you know, not let us get hurt and other things. A lot of the top-tier players, um, I know Richard Sherman was a big speaker against it. I think J.J. Watt was a big speaker against it. Don't like it because the max a player can get paid for the 17th game is an extra 250000 which in regards to their contract is below what they make per game Significantly usually. lower. And it's not like the other players, the players who make less than that per game would be, would be getting paid more. Well, actually, I looked at it, and it's about... 20 to 30% of the players would make more than 250000 a game, so they would be making less. But about somewhere between 70 and 80% of the players would be making either equivalent or more money for playing that 17th game. So that's the issue because the for the majority of the league, they're much better off with the 17th game in terms of um, making terms more of money. Yeah, but, but the... Older players, the ones that make more money, obviously have they have more say. They're the ones in the media. Everyone's looking at them. They're tweeting about it. Everyone sees their answers more, and they're definitely against it. But like, think about it this way: it's one seventeenth, one sixteenth of their salary currently. I don't know what the percent is. I'm just gonna do it on my phone right now because I can't do math in my head. It's about six percent. One divided by sixteen is yeah, six point two five percent. Um, so what like six point two five percent? Yeah, is a big raise. Like, think about it this way: if you're ma- if you're in like the workforce and you're making like a hundred thousand dollars a year and you get a six thousand dollar raise, yeah, you're happy. But what if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year and your job is can lead to severe brain injuries, can lead in horrible cases to paralysis, can lead to season ending or while you you're not injuries where you're not. Yeah, able but to if not everyone's thinking about it. If you're just is that six percent just going back? Not really the increase, the but if you're playing for these players, if you make. A hundred. Let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars a game for sixteen games. You're getting a hundred thousand dollars for the seventeenth game. So it's the equivalent. Just playing one more week. Yeah. No. But I'm saying is the hundred thousand is that six point two five percent of their salary or the extra six point two five percent of their salary worth it in these players' minds for the extra risk of injury? I don't think it is. I mean, I you look so. at you. Look, you look at these big time players, guys with big contracts, right? Well, I'm not talking about the big time players. No, but even the, even no, yeah, it's beneficial. Yeah, beneficial. yeah, it's beneficial for them. But I'm just saying, if you like, you look at the power structures in the NFL. A lot of the guys who are going to be in the media, who have social media, that guys follow, they're going to be the highest paid players, the stars, right? But also, so you look at you look at a guy that gets paid, let's say, $20 million a year, right? So every game he's getting over a million dollars. He's getting about $1.3 million. He's getting 250000 which is about a fifth of that. So he's getting a fifth of the money he usually would for a game, for one extra game. And oh, by the way, they play a violent contact sport yeah. where one hit could, could end your injury. Or could, could end your career, right? That's why they don't like it, but that's only 20% of the league. Even, even, but right. even for the bottom 70% of the league, 
they're seeing a new trend with these players retiring early because, like, look at Luke Keekley. Okay, so if you're retiring early or if you're at the bottom of the league, you're probably just not even that great. So you're not even in, you're not going to be there for longer. So the more gain, money you can make in one year, you, you're taking it. I think the bench players are going to like it for sure. They'll be like, oh, another. Yeah, and that makes K? up the majority of the league. So they're definitely benefited. Well, what is yeah, the voting structure? Is it the voting structure is I think every team has a team representative, which is obviously going to be the person that's paid the most. But they have to consult with the whole team and they have to make a group decision. And I think. Probably something along the lines of a majority rules. I don't know exactly. Will the equity will, but will do you think the bottom seventy percent of the league, or whoever's not making more than two hundred fifty thousand per game, do you think that they will make their sacrifices to like protect the big names? Do you think that there's that much? I don't know why the they would even think about protecting the big names. I'd all because there. I'd be thinking about the myself reason, the whole the time. The only reason is, they have a job is because of the big names. I mean, not really. Not necessarily. No, not at all. I'd be thinking about myself. No. I mean, if there was no all stars in the NFL, like you'd watch it, and obviously they're going to be good players. But these names bring in the most money to the league, which in turn makes them able to have higher paid contracts because there's right, more money in circulation. Yeah, but there's no such thing. You can't take out all stars. Like I'm saying, like think about it in a football game, right? If you like, either you're good or you're bad. In, in a general level, right? So if you take out all the all-stars and you and only, like, the worst players are playing against each other, some of them are going to turn into all-stars because of the level, the comparison, and the competition. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so no, you can't obviously, just take out... Obviously. Right. But I'm saying, with the big names who have the say in the media, who get all the attention, who bring more attention to the NFL, like, people who live... Let's say people who live in England or Australia where, or Mexico. Where but, if you're, but if you're the 50th guy on the team and you could make an extra... The equivalent of the same game that you make before, and your career is not going to last long because you're not as good. Then, Aaron Rodgers, who's making over twenty million dollars, he's probably making like thirty-three. He's making way more money than you're making anyway, so you don't care that he has to play another game because he's already made enough money. He's already played long enough, and I you need yours did. before it's right. your time I mean, to go. I mean, listen, if you're a bottom-tier player, if you're the kind of if you if you if you could really be helped out by the extra money, then yeah, you should definitely do it. But I think it's very understandable for guys with more. Uh, with a more reliable contract situation, with more stability in their contract situations, it makes total sense because this is a sport. You know, if you if you're gonna ask them to play an extra game, then you you got you gotta pay them as such. You you're not just gonna take shortcuts. Right, but I, I agree with that. Um, but like going back to what I was saying about like the team aspect and if they care about their their star players, have you ever played a, a contact sport like high school or whatever in high school or? Not, I, did, no, you ever, I did you ever I, play varsity or? Yeah, I played baseball. But you played contact. No. I uh, so whatever just a sport and were you the best player on your team? No. Nope. But did you care about the best player on your team because they won you games? Yeah. Okay. So let's say you're playing baseball and the best batter's up. He's clean up, whatever. And the pitcher nails him in the head with a wild pitch, just trying to get him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Does the bench go if he, if yeah. he runs at the bench? Yeah. So you sure. go with your players. Yeah. I would defend my guys. Like that's what I'm saying. There's a level of brotherhood on these NFL teams. Where they know they just so then why? But if you're looking at it that way, then but Aaron bro- Rodgers is making the most money. He should be looking out for everyone else that's protecting. Wait, wait, him. but what does the brotherhood thing have to do with the CBA? But I'm wh- saying they're going to be like, look, we're, we all they want to protect. Everyone wants to protect each other on the team, and I think these players at this level care less about the money and more about the health. Well, if you're, well, it really depends one, where you are. If you're, if you're in the NFL, how much money are you making per year minimum? It's about seven fifty thousand. But if you're saying that's the top one percent, that's the top like point five percent of every state. But if you're saying that everyone should protect 
if is looking to protect everyone, then why should Aaron Rodgers only be looking? To, he's only looking to protect himself by not wanting the game, because he's he just doesn't want the game because he's making less money for putting himself in the same risk. If he was making the same money or more money for putting himself in the same risk, you wouldn't have the conversation. Right. I, well, still, I still, even if they were making the same amount, I still don't think the players would be for it. I mean, I listen, think the players he, are against the seventeenth game in general. Even if they were getting played more than listen, the listen. big name guys. No, the, even I, just, I don't think the I think small the, paying guys they want the game. I think there's a more there's the NFL now. There's more of a turn in the NFL players about protecting themselves and making sure they have the longevity of their lives than with the money aspect. They're all making $750,000 a year, minimum. That is the top at least 1% of every state in America, even New York and California, where I think it has the highest medium income. It's the top 1% there. I think 1% in New York is like 400000 a year. Um, so they're, they're set. If they play 10 years or even five years and they manage their money right, that's half a million in the bank account if you're investing if you have a financial manager plus sponsorships even these small name players still get small get yeah but the majority of players also they don't play 10 years they play like three four years yeah especially especially that's still a couple million dollars if you you play three four years and you can add any by adding an extra game in total you add let's say $200,000 $200,000 if you're on minimum contracts right. by playing those three years. You made two an extra $200,000 for doing the same amount of work. Listen, because I don't you think... you retired after that third year. I don't anyway. think, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's they, they want the money or they want the safety. It just depends on what kind of player you are. It's not like, you know, it's not like every single player has the same attitude. It just depends where you are on the totem pole. The guys at the top, understandably so, are not going to fight, are not going to play an extra game unless they're adequate, adequately paid. The guys at the bottom who want more opportunities to prove they belong in the NFL, more opportunities to get uh, uh, showcased by to scouts by other teams, are going to want the extra game not only for the money but to show other teams that they can play. So to me, it's not just it's it's not like cut and dry. It's either they want the health or they want the money. It's it just depends where you are in the NFL. The bottom line is, we don't get the vote. We can only speculate on what's going to happen. The other bottom line is, we have about fifteen more seconds left. So it was a great conversation. Great conversation. And I think that, you know, both sides made solid points on all the, I mean, on the NBA and collective bargaining, we made solid points. The Brady thing, I think, was more of a discussion than a a Mm -hmm. debate, so to speak. But we want to thank all the listeners for tuning in this week. Um, We're sorry that we were gone. Uh, We miss you. I hope you miss us. And um, I've been Harrison Nettler. I've been Abe Seldowitz. And I've been Jared Ryback. And this has been the best sports podcast the boot elevated services and tables podcast we will see you hopefully next week see you guys